This week's episode is sponsored by Visual Media Church. Visual Media Church is one of the fastest growing church media companies creating worship backgrounds, social media posts, stock video, stock photography, and templates for your media needs. Go to visualmediachurch.com to sign up today, and when you do, use promo code Creative Church to get 20% off all their memberships. That's CRTV Church for 20% off. Go and sign up today. Hey creators, welcome to the Creative Church Podcast, where each week we talk about the latest in Christian creative culture and explore the lives of prominent creatives. Today is Friday, April 27th, 2018, and I'm your host, Nick Gunner. here with me today, back from the land of baked beans, Emily Cummins. Hey guys, it's good to be back. And to her digital right, my left, Ross Montgomery. Oreos. Oreos. <laughs> I, I was uh, actually, I was kind of hoping that your response this week would have been danger, Will Robertson. Danger. Ooh, danger. That would have been Robinson. We that would have been. We can big. we can discuss that later. Yes. So, um, real quick, Emily, tell us how was last week? How was how was being at the Boston Marathon? How was cheering on your dad? How was everything that you it, were doing in the cold, oh. freezing rain? It was amazing. And that Oreo cupcake, guys, was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I think you guys talked about that a little bit on the last episode because I sent you pictures. Yes. And it tasted as good as it looked. So that was a plus. Um, but the marathon itself, I mean, it just, if you've ever been to the Boston Marathon or watched it on TV, it's unlike any other. It is the Super Bowl of marathons. And uh, it happened to be the year where there was the worst weather imaginable. So uh, getting out to cheer for my dad was an adventure. Um, at one point, they were even encouraging spectators to not go out and cheer because the weather was so bad. Um, so braving it was fun. It was freezing and raining. Um, but watching him cross that finish line, man, that's just something that I will remember forever. So it was a blast. But I missed hanging out with you guys last week. Well, we missed you being here. Um, <laughs> and now, one question you got to help me out with: How long is the Boston Marathon? I tried to figure that out last week, and I don't think I, I don't think Nick's I got real close. bad at math. I, <laughs> I, I well, uh, they were talking kilometers, and I'm like, I am not from Canada. Come on, I got to get. No. You're miles. not from the I rest need, of the world. I'm not from the rest of the world. I need miles. What is it in miles? Twenty six point two miles. Oh, okay, so we weren't too far off. Too far off. Wait, what did you guys guess? I think Canada I said twenty six point two, Nick. Oh, really? I you just didn't believe me. I'm I'm pretty sure he said 28. <laughs> That's why you always see the 26.2 and the 13.1 yeah. stickers on cars is exactly. it's half marathons and full marathons. I didn't exactly. even know that that was a thing. I thought that those were just people bragging <laughs> about decimals. I didn't yeah. know what those were for. I'm a fan of decimals. Yeah, I thought that. Look was, at this one. Like, and now were, look at this one. <laughs> they were mathletes. That's what I thought. Oh, mm. man. <laughs> the math decathlon. Um, math decathlon. I didn't even know. I, I, I have no idea what those are for. Um, but yeah, so Boston Marathon. So anything else exciting happened last week, Emily? Any, uh, yes. Any other things you'd like to share? Yeah, like uh, Nick and I are best <laughs> friends now. I'm just letting y'all know. So you guys, I get this Instagram DM from Nick. Like, what's your best <laughs> mailing address? So I'm just thinking, okay, he has something to send me podcast related mm -hmm. or whatever. I don't know, all business-like. 
And then he sends me a picture of the peep Oreos and I legit freaked out. Like I ran out to my kitchen. I told my mom, my mom was so excited. She's like, they are your brothers. You never had. It was great. I love how you tell your mom, like, mom, look what someone just sent me. This yeah. is awesome. I felt so loved. It was so good. <laughs> well, literally, I think my entire month, maybe 2018 is made in this moment. So, mm. yeah. There you go. Well, speaking of 2018 and your entire month, you got to ration these until next year. Yeah, you that's what I was going to say. Like, you got to break so these up. next and, like, time, Emily, you need to go the day after Easter true. and stock up on all the Peeps Oreos that are on sale. And then you're good for a while. My only problem with this idea is that I don't have very good self-control when it comes to food. <laughs> That is why I work out all the time. I eat a lot. I just can't stop. I work out to keep my Oreo habit up. But literally, like y'all think this is a joke. I'm not even kidding. So they might not last that long. I could just keep eating them and eating them. And... Well, when you binge on Lost in Space, then you can eat some Peeps Oreos. That's okay. right. Speaking of Oreos. Um, oh, yes. Speaking of Oreos. Uh... Have you watched Lost in Space yet, Emily? No. Okay. So this is going to be minor non-plot related spoiler but well it's it's actually it's a crux uh plot point for yeah Emily, right but for it the rest of us the whole it's not, direction of the it's show. not yeah it's not it's not really that big of a deal um so lost in space of course if you haven't seen it it's a netflix show that uh is based off the 1960s series of the same title and uh, it is probably one of the best shows right now it's on television really good um Ooh. fantastic and uh during uh, so so essentially you follow this family who is leaving earth to go to another planet called alpha centauri and they get lost in space Hmm. And uh, so on their checklist for the title of the show, <laughs> yeah, on their checklist, like they have all these chores they have to do, and on the last one is get the like blue box out of the blue package, yeah, yeah, blue package. What's the blue package? Oreos. No. Yes. Yep. <gasps> yeah. Wow. And to which I immediately thought, and I, I'm sure Ross thought the same thing. Emily, right there. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that would be that would be Emily's Jupiter ship right there. Oh, it would be like goodness. stacked with Oreos. Like it was like looking at Emily's. You know, we don't need to reserve no. the weight for any other vital equipment or anything <laughs> or food rations, but Oreos. No, this is, okay. I just I love the fact that you see Oreos and you think of me. That's great. Yeah, we're we're association. So, uh, what is it? A uh, uh, visual association now. Yep. So every time we yes. see Oreo brand, Ooh. we think of Emily. I love and, it. And uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like you should just make a play for Oreo spokesperson already, Emily. Oh, so, yes, I'll get to work on that. So we have a great show planned for everyone today. A little later, we're going to be joined by Austin Channing Brown. Uh, she's here today to talk about her new book releasing in a few weeks called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. Up next, though, is Whips. <laughs> Welcome to Quips. Each week we dive into the headlines, articles, and conversations making their rounds on the internet, the ones that are important to us and that we feel is impacting church, culture, and creators, and we discuss them. Russ, what do you got for us this week? Well, um, we've talked recently about finding mentors and ways to better yourself kind of as an employee in ministry uh, job or even, you know, if it's a job elsewhere. And I found an article about being an effective mentor. 
And I, I don't think a lot of people might consider themselves a mentor, but um, I was meeting a friend at Chick-fil-A last week. And as we kind of ran into a few people that he knew there, he introduced me as like a mentor of his. And I'm like, wait, what? It, it was one of those things that really took me off guard because I still feel like I'm constantly learning and, and always trying to just better myself. And so I'm like, I, I have people I consider a mentor as well. But then for someone to consider me a mentor just, just kind of threw me for a loop for a second. Um, and so have you guys ever run into that? Like someone's considered you a mentor or you found yourself in that role? Yeah, I have. And it's a really weird, surreal feeling. Like I totally relate to what you shared, Ross. You kind of look at them and you're just like, me? No, like you inspire me. What are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of, it is weird, but I like um, this article that you're sharing and the different points that it does bring up and how to become a mentor and really then thinking intentionally about how you're investing in the people around you. Yeah. Emily's my mentor. So, <laughs> no. so and, he, and he pays her in peach Oreos. <laughs> exactly. Um, but at the beginning, they kind of bring up a few points that kind of talk about finding someone to mentor. But there's three that kind of really stuck out to me the most. And one was become uh, a raving fan. Whoever you're mentoring, you want to be their biggest cheerleader. And I think you should do that with your friends and people you're around anyway, is just always celebrate what they celebrate um, and what they're doing and, and hope for their success. But the next one was like speaking the truth in love, uh, because sometimes we need to have hard conversations or maybe offer advice that's not necessarily what someone's going to want to hear, but if you have that relationship and you've built some trust with them, um, you want to come from a place of respect and love and, and let them know that you're like looking out for them and want to get them on the right path, um, you know, and, and have that be the way to approach it rather than making them feel like you're always critical of them. <laughs> um, and then the last one that really stuck out was insist on one condition. And because this is kind of how I operate. It was like, you, you don't expect anything in return. Like I didn't even expect him to consider me a mentor, but you want to insist that if you are the mentor in a relationship, you want them to pay it forward. So they find someone, you know, that they can mentor down the line or someone that's trying to learn and maybe they're, you know, a little bit ahead of them and, and bring them to where they are the kind of thing I thought was pretty cool because it always reminds me of a saying that has just always stuck with me is be who you needed when you were younger. So I always want to kind of pour into people that are maybe in the position I used to be in and looking for things to do in ministry with creativity and you know, that's, that's a big heart of what I have for how I want that to operate. So it was, it, that one really stuck out to me as well. So then let me ask you guys this, what is, what do you, what are your thoughts on, you know, how important is the mentor relationship to you? And for those that might not have mentors, um, what would you suggest as far as them getting one? Maybe they don't have anyone they can really reach out to or anyone that's in their field or something like that. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having an online mentor, like just following someone's blog or podcast or what the work they do and just gaining inspiration, listening to their words that can, it's a little one-sided, but if that works for you, then totally legit. Maybe you can reach out to them someday. Absolutely. And I think it's so critical to who we are and then who we're becoming because we don't have it all figured out. If yeah. we had all the answers, then we wouldn't need to grow or learn. And um, realizing and recognizing that there are people a few steps ahead of you who've been where you're at and can actually help you take the steps that you need to take to succeed is not only mature, but it's also smart and it will take you longer and farther. Um, so getting to that point where you realize and understand um, there are other things to learn and grow in and asking and inviting someone to speak into you in that way is huge and um, really contributes to your success in the long run. Emily, what do you got for us this week? Um, so as you guys shared last week and we opened up this episode, I was in freezing Boston last week cheering on my dad in the Boston Marathon. Um, 
And they were saying in reports after the race that it was one of the worst weather experiences in the history of the Boston Marathon. Uh, so thousands of runners and a few of us cheerleaders braved literally sub 40 degree temperatures. Lightweights. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. hey, I lived in Alaska, so. That is true. You're, you're, bringing, talking to you're bringing your like D game at this point. But listen Emily. to the rest of this. Okay. <laughs> this, so think okay. about. Real quick though, Emily, what you're describing to me right now is my personal hell. So I just want you to, <laughs> I want to let you know right now. I Thank feel you. you. I'm, I'm really surprised you got out there because I wouldn't have even left the room. I'd have been like, nope, I'm not leaving the hotel. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. It was, okay, I'd have given up. Nick and I are both Floridians, so I think we kind of, <laughs> we get that. But in the 40 degrees, like that alone wasn't bad. But then adding literally the day was 100% chance of rain and it 100% rained the entire day and 29 plus mile per hour winds that was coming straight into your face. So the runners weren't running with the wind, which would have made it easier. They were running against it in freezing rain. Like, it was bizarre. Um, and so it was, it was just crazy. And like I shared earlier, they were telling us to not go out. But, of course, we went out <laughs> and uh, cheered on my dad. And it was really inspiring watching him check off just something else that's on his bucket list. Um, but he actually ran with the American Liver Foundation. And... Being on this team, his role was raising both funding and awareness for liver cancer and liver disease. And um, he actually picked this cause because his aunt, his dad, and then his good friend, Mike, passed away um, from liver disease and liver cancer. And so he, he had a personal why, like why he was getting out in the crazy conditions and running. Um, and it was right before the finish line. So my sister, my mom, and I were right at the 26 mile marker. So he had 0.2 to go before crossing the line. And he found us and he like looked us dead in the eyes. I posted a video of this on my Instagram. So you can watch it. I'm not lying. Um, <laughs> but he said, like, this is evidence. Anything you want to do in life, you can do. And um, I mean, training for this race, he's had injuries. Like it's been the worst from an athlete perspective um, experience you could have walked into, but he did it and he conquered it and he crossed that finish line. Um, so it was inspiring for me to watch. And then of course I've been, you know, reading different articles post the race and one of them really stood out to me. Um, and it's on why men quit and women don't. <laughs> And uh, that sounds kind of weird. Did you guys read the article? All I know is I'm already offended. I'm offended by the title. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> okay, so at first when I read it, I was like, oh, man, I can't pitch this to Nick and Ross to talk about um, in quips this week. But it reminded me of our reply all a couple episodes ago when mm -hmm. we talked about what topics we would love to see the church dive into more. And that's what I thought of when I read the article. Um, and so, so basically it dives into for this race, the Boston Marathon, interestingly for men, the dropout rate was up almost 80% from last year, 2017. Yeah. For women though, it was only up 12%. So overall 5% of men dropped out versus just the 3.8% of women. And the same was true with like the elite runners who you have Olympians like in that crew, um, some tough athletes. So the article goes on to unpack why, and a lot of it is based on psychology. So looking at the psychology of women enduring pain um, for longer periods of time, like AKA childbirth. Last time yeah. I checked, guys don't do that. <laughs> um, so enduring pain. And then they've also found that psychology, psychologically, women actually better pace themselves 
in general life situations than guys do. Um, so I just, it was an interesting read just to see how they related women and men in the race, um, the Boston Marathon race and their endurance levels. And then thinking through on the church side, um, why we don't unpack questions like this or, or how women can even go further and, and help in the church world. Um, and if culture is talking about it, it's one more reason why for my reply all from a couple weeks ago, um, yep. discussing the differences between men and women is important because ultimately at the end of the day, when we understand each other and our differences, we can actually make each other better. Did you see anyone drop out during the race at all? Yeah, actually. So this guy, um, a dude, actually, interestingly, because we're talking about this with the article. Well, it's, it's more likely that you would have saw, according to the article, it's more likely you would have Statistically higher, you would have saw someone that was Which, a guy okay. drop out. So little clause for all of our guy listeners out there. I'm definitely not saying that you guys aren't, you know, you can't run for the long haul. I, I think men and women, I, obviously I was cheering on my dad who did finish the race. Um, and he's a guy. So men and women both endure really hard things in life. This article had, yeah. had a spin to it. Um, but if you are listening to this podcast <laughs> and you are a guy and you turn it off now, I think we prove our point. So, <laughs> I, so don't turn it off. Keep listening. So, keep listening. so I think we proved our point. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, so this guy ran up to my sister and, and I and he said, hey, do you know where the T-line is? And so she at first thought like a hot tea line because we were by a water station and she was like, well, that's a good idea. Like, I don't know where that is, but he actually went in Boston. Their public transportation is called the tea line. And so he ran up to another person behind us and was like, dude, where's the tea line? I got to get out of here. And he ran over to the um, public safety tent and then got directions to get out. But like he just he couldn't take it anymore. Um, hmm. And then just another runner from Central Florida who is a great athlete. Um, he ended up not running, finishing the race as well. Um, and I, I think what this article doesn't point out, and my dad said it beautifully in the race itself, is when you have a strong why, you have a reason to keep going. Yeah. And so the guy from Central Florida who did drop out, I mean, he he had qualified, he was a good athlete, but he wasn't running for a specific cause other than I'm an athlete and I'm running this race. And so for both men and women, um, when we have a why in life or something that we're working towards, we don't give up. Like we run for whatever that why is. I think that's true for all of us. I just want to know who's going to play him in the TV movie. I think, have you, I mean, you've obviously seen her dad. I think he could play himself. He's, he's going to play himself. Yes. He, he <laughs> looks like a movie star. <laughs> he does. He, he does. And uh, every time I'm seeing him, like, man, I really expect to see him pop up in the Avengers this week. <laughs> well, there you have it. Next up is our interview with Austin Channing Brown. This week's featured interview is with Austin Channing Brown. Austin is a freelance writer and speaker with a particular focus on black womanhood and faith. Her first book, I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness, is due out May 2018. Here's part of our conversation with Austin Channing Brown. Um, and I wanted to kind of start with a big picture question of, of why this book and why now? I tell you the truth, honestly, I wanted to write this book probably four years ago, maybe five years ago, um, and publishers didn't want it. <laughs> um, it was 
pre-Black Lives Matter. Um, it was pre-Tanahasi Coates Between the World and Me. Um, you know, like a, a lot of the things that have created this moment for this book to live um, have happened. But before, um, publishers, for the most part, weren't interested because it wasn't exciting enough, right, for a sort of memoir-ish book, you know. I wasn't climbing a mountain. I wasn't, <laughs> you, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sailing the ocean, you know. Um, there was just, there was, there was nothing in it that was sort of like this big life adventure um, that a lot of memoirs are made of. And so, so yeah, so I actually had this sort of inklings to write it years ago, um, but had to wait for the right timing. Okay. And what, um, what brought on those inklings? You know, I think just the desire, I think we all have a desire to tell our own story in some way or another. Not all of us have a desire to write it out and put it on a bookshelf. Yeah, I know I wouldn't. Um, but I did. And I think, again, it was just sort of a confluence of events. It was like blogging was really, really big. I mean, it, you know, people are still doing it now, but it was like huge in um, that moment. Um, and I think there are, I think it's hard to find the black folks who navigate white spaces because there's usually only a handful of us within any given organization. Right. So, so you get some black folks who live in the hood, but you know, everybody is there, <laughs> you know, you're at least, you're at least in community with a whole lot of other folks. Um, but, but when you're one of three, when you're, you know, there's three of you out of 200 or, um, you know, just the one and a team of 10, uh, you know, it can be a lot harder to find community, a lot harder to give voice to what you're experiencing. And I wanted to try and fill that gap. Ultimately, you start right off the bat with, yeah. Uh, white people are frustrating. And what would you say to white people looking to approach this book? Because well, <laughs> well, that made me laugh because I, I, uh, <laughs> I've had some whiteness back in my past and, yes. and I understand looking back, I can laugh at that now. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, I'm glad because that's totally what I expect. If okay. your inclination is to laugh, this book is for you. Okay. If your inclination is to throw the book across the room, you should probably read someone else first. <laughs> and I have a list of recommendations. You know what I mean? Like there are lots of other books on justice and reconciliation and race. Mine is not the only one. And I am very clear that mine is not for everybody. Um, so there are, um, you know, I say this a lot. I recognize that I am not Jesus, but I'm also not like Beyonce I am not Bruno Mars. I am like, I am not a universal figure. I am not, I am not trying to sell the most tickets to the most people, you know? Um, well, which I think is, is incredibly important because I'm a white male yeah. reading a black female's perspective right. in almost an everyday situation. Here's right. the growing up. Here's, you know, you, you explain kind of the depth of your parents giving you your name even and right. the things you've dealt with uh, in professional settings, college settings, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that every day is what makes it phenomenal because that's what should be approachable is, yeah, it doesn't need to be this rock star status you right. know, level of something <laughs> for you to have a voice because this is the voice we need because this is the voice we're most likely to come across. I, I try to explain, um, even to myself sometimes, 
um, that uh, at least my, my, as I envision my ministry currently, um, that it's for the 2.0 crowd. So there's a lot of folks who were sort of woken up when um, the election occurred. And um, there were some people who were woken up when um, Black Lives Matter really took off. Um, There were some folks who were at rallies long before Black Lives Matter existed, you know. Um, And so, you know, white people, and let's be honest, all of us, are in different places on this journey toward racial justice. And if someone's eyes have just been opened in the last five minutes, uh, this book probably isn't for you. Um, And that's okay, that's okay. There's no judgment about that. There's no, (laughs) I'm not trying to say anything bad. Um, This is for people who have been around whiteness or who have been naming whiteness long enough to know that white people are exhausting. What would you say would be a good jumping on point for, you know, a white person just starting to look into the, all of this. I mean, you know, we all have, it, it seems like there's a lot of divisiveness and sides that people want to take, but to really have a holistic view at the humanity behind what's going on with people of, country, uh, people of color in our country, where can people jump on as a good starting point? So there are two things that come to mind um, immediately, maybe three. Um, one is Latasha Morrison's organization called Be the Bridge. Um, I feel like it's a really good starting point for conversations and the people of color who are a part of that group have signed on to answer questions, to be teachers, to work together. Um, and so it's a, it's a place where you can meet folks who are in your own community um, and be a part of conversations online and ask the stupid question, you know, that you don't want to ask the person you work with. Yeah. And that you shouldn't ask the person you work with, you know? Um, so that would be suggestion number one, listen, we really don't. And not all the time. And how would you know when, unless, you know, you're really, really good friends. Um, so yeah, so I highly recommend be the bridge. Um, I also recommend, um, Deidre Riggs book, um, one. Oh, I have heard about that. That's on my list. Yes. Yes. Love Deidre. And she is another black woman who really feels called to this work, um, has been doing it for a long time. Um, Christina Cleveland's book, Disunity in Christ is a really good intro because she deals with it from a psychology perspective. Um, and she's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, And then Brenda Salter McNeil has a series of books. Um, She has been preaching and writing about racial reconciliation for a long, long time. Um, And so she's got all kinds of sermons on her website and at least three books, I think. Um, So those would be starting places that I would highly recommend. One of the most challenging things that you said, and I mean, as much as I've kind of dove into this topic and conversations, you know, over the last several years, you said in chapter five, whiteness wants enough blackness to affirm the goodness of whiteness. And you cover the surface level diversity issue that you've seen in organizations and maybe for white people who have had the bubble popped and might want to start building those bridges beyond the warm, fuzzy feelings, um, especially in, in places of faith. Like how do you believe churches can embrace diversity beyond just wanting a headcount of people of color to, you know, to attend uh, and truly involve and like honor their experience? It, it happens so rarely. It's actually a really difficult question to answer. Um, but I think it begins with 
um, the relinquishment of power. Um, so a lot of churches, let me try and describe it this way. A lot of churches describe themselves as trying to be hospitable to everyone, trying to make it a welcoming place. Um, but the thing with hospitality is that it's still your house. You know, um, it's still your silverware. It's you still decide what we gonna eat. You, <laughs> you know, you decide when everybody's gonna leave. Um, you decide what the tableware is gonna be. <laughs> you, like everything's still in your control. You pick the music. You picked what's on TV. Um, and so making me feel welcome, sure, for for a little bit, that's okay. But at some point, if this is our table then I should be able to have some say about what we eat and what we listen to and what time this takes place. And, um, and, and that's what's missing from a lot of churches is that if you look at the leadership team, if you look at those in power, if you look at those who have unofficial influence, but influence nonetheless, um, you're still looking at largely white demographic. And so what would it look like to have elders, to have board members, to have um, teaching pastors, to have ministry leaders who are folks of color and are making decisions that have to do with the purpose of ministries, that have to do with the finances of the ministries, that have to do with hiring, um, you know, what would, it, what would it look like to really include voices that challenge the status quo um, as opposed to reinforcing it? As you've kind of had those conversations with your white friends and maybe even coworkers in your circles of influence, as you said, if you, as you've navigated a world made for whiteness, have you kind of seen progress in, in how white people are decentering whiteness or, you know, not needing to white splain without playing into a white savior role? I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing more of it. And I, I wonder um, if social media has a lot to do with this because um, black folks, um, it, it's so hard because in, on one sense, we are absolutely not monolithic. We are all over the place. But in another sense, we are a part of a community um, with our own sort of language and, you know, the things that I describe in the book of growing up with, you know, certain artists, certain books, certain um, experiences, like in My Hair Corn Road or, you know what I mean? Like there are specific experiences to being black that lots of us share. And so our, our language, I think, has been in some respects secret for a long time. Um, so I think one clear example of this, <laughs> which again might make listeners a little upset, but it's not my fault, um, is Beyonce uh, using the word Becky and her song on um, the Lemonade album. When she said that, I was like, Beyonce! We did not discuss letting white people know <laughs> that we call them Becky. <laughs> yes, we did not discuss this, um, but it's a it's a good example of how there there are there are words there is a language that Black folks use that has not been privy to white people, and. I think social media has opened that up. So now black folks are having public conversations that white people can listen in on. And I think that is one way in which white folks are like, oh, here's a new language that I haven't had access to. Here are new thoughts, here are essays, here are articles, you know, real resources 
Um, and it's exciting to, to see white folks and other people of color um, have access to those, including black folks who, you know, we don't, we all are finding our way. How do you think creators and storytellers can respectfully approach and tell those stories of diverse backgrounds? Yeah, so one is to include the people of color, not just their faces, but include their input. So yeah, like you said, at the table, yeah, bring them to the table and think about how much fun that that would be and how honored congregation members would feel to really be a part of the process of forming the video or shaping the story, shaping the narrative, choosing the phrasing and the words. I would be honored, you know, if my, if, if, if the folks that I respect, um, and who shape my spiritual life, you know, said, hey, listen, we're, we're taking racial justice seriously. And one of the things we want to do is make sure that you are represented well in aspects of the service. I mean, talk about feeling loved and a sense of belonging. Uh, but, but then the trick is you got to actually listen, right? You got to have the humility to say, oh, I didn't realize that my phrasing there was incorrect or was offensive. How would you say that instead. But yeah, to, to bring folks in um, and let them critique, let them critique the work, let them have a say in, in, in what you're creating and let what you're creating then be better. You know, realize that you're now not just telling your story, your perspective, but you're telling our story and, and find energy in that. To find out more about Austin Channing Brown and to read our cover time interview with her, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Welcome to Reply All. Each week we pose a question and give you the chance to answer online in our Creative Hubs group on Facebook. Last week we asked, what keeps you motivated at work? Now, Emily, you weren't here with us last week, so I wanted to ask you real quick, what keeps you motivated at work? Peeps Oreos. How, why I'm would kidding. I think that was any different? Why would I think that wasn't the No, case? but for real, my real answer would be coffee. Well, it just so happens that's also William's answer. Ah. Kept it very simple. And um, Juan said being around other people that are productive uh, a great boss slash team coffee and my interns plus sometimes the conversations and posts from this online hey. community of course Aww. this online community Juan. was creative church yeah um he was just begging to be read um <laughs> it's hard to stop he also said it's hard to stop playing the comparison game but once you do you can really gain inspiration and let it fuel your own creative endeavor mm. Dropping some truth at the end of that oh. one, Juan. So Jeff says Netflix on the side monitor. See, so as I long as you get your, as long as you get your crap done, yeah, then you're good. Distracted. But if it starts distracting you, yeah, because I like do, some white noise on. Do either of you do Netflix on the side monitor? No. Sometimes. Lid no. does all the time, and I just don't understand how she gets yeah. any work. I don't get it. It drives so, me. Crazy. In college, I always had Comedy Central on in the background as I did homework and stuff. So I'm one of those that I'll just leave it on for like background noise i can't do music podcasts netflix really? none of it i i'm a i'm a white noise no noise oh, wow. person like that's why i work better at night because nothing's around to bother me 
make, I mean, that makes sense. Like, I, whenever I'm focusing on something, I have to be focused. Now, if I'm doing, like, you know, if you're like repetitive tasks, like the other day I was copying and pasting all the uh, podcast links, uh, redoing them on the website. I had some music going, but that was it. But yeah. even then, I, I kind of noticed where I make you'd, you'd start singing, you'd start singing and dancing, and that would totally interrupt your <laughs> links. Yes. Yeah. I just get well, that new Hillsong album. <laughs> um, well, Christopher said creative freedom. And so I don't know his exact job title, but that's that's awesome to be in an environment yeah. that does that, that values that. Um, Julia says serving on the weekends makes her Tuesday to Friday worth it. Uh, she works for a great boss alongside her BFF. And uh, when she's in the valley, she knows that Jesus needs her there to grow as well. Um, but when she's on the mountain, she knows there's a bigger one ahead, plus coffee and lots of it. <laughs> um, there were some amazing conversations. And uh, so if you want to join the Creative Talks group, you can do so by heading over to Facebook and searching CRTV Talks. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, uh, but the biggest movie of all time um, will be uh, launching the same day as this podcast. And of course, I'm talking about I Feel Pretty by amy schumer have you guys mm. have you seen the trailers yeah. i mean i've I I, yeah i purchased those tics, tickets months ago uh, so well i i mean i wanted to beat the rush beat the rush i mean this is like a midnight premiere movie of course yeah. i mean if you it, but if you're if you mean by i feel pretty you mean avengers infinity war then yes that's <laughs> yes. what i'm talking about oh, yes i'm sorry avengers infinity war are you guys pumped to see this movie very I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but me and my wife are already double dating on Friday. <laughs> That's Emily, awesome. Your father is in it. Like he is <laughs> He's there. He's literally there. a superhero. He just doesn't have a cape yet. He All is right. a superhero. Sorry, you guys. You need to go gotta, see this movie. I need to pause us recording this right now so I can go get my tickets. Obviously. Obviously. Um, in honor though of the Avengers release uh, this week, we wanted to ask who is your favorite superhero and why. I feel like you guys know who mine is. Your dad. Your dad. Your father. Well, I mean, yeah. is there any, is there even another Batman? Answer? Would be a close second. I mean, uh, I know who it is because I listen to your recordings on the Becoming <laughs> Me podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, Wonder Woman all the way. She was fighting for peace, and she was a strong, independent woman. Yeah, I'm all about Wonder Woman. I also you, do cheer for my dad. So, did you like the movie, the new Wonder Woman movie? I did. I really okay. liked it a lot, actually. That's awesome. You know, Wonder Woman is not in the Avengers, right? Nope. Okay. Didn't that's know not that. a pre. That's not a prerequisite for. <laughs> that's not a prerequisite for the, uh, They're not really. Oh, wait, question. So did I have I just, to pick a different superhero? No, you just. No, 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 that's you not just a, said, oh. We just said superhero. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted yeah. to make sure Ooh. you knew that going in, so okay, you were wait. like, "Where's Wonder Woman?" Who's in the Avengers? Um, oh, it would take too long. We'd have to have a whole other podcast episode just listing the oh, names man. of who's going to be There's in Infinity 42 War. 42 superheroes going to be in the Infinity Is it 42 yeah. or 32? Uh, no, I think easy. it's like closer to the 42. I, I didn't hear an exact number, but I would imagine. Yeah. I heard it's a lot. I just didn't want Emily to like go in thinking that Wonder Woman was in the movie. <laughs> Thank you, you know, for looking out for me. Yeah, because some people do get confused because there's, you know, there's a lot of superhero movies coming uh, out. Yeah. You kind of get, you know. Yeah. There's so many. Um, yeah, we can, we can by no means endorse this as a podcast but i really like deadpool <laughs> and maybe it's more ryan reynolds interpretation of deadpool but i feel like um yeah it's because it, it, it speaks to my snarky heart so so last week whenever i was posting the podcast episodes um i accidentally turned on the explicit on every oh. single one oh, no. of the podcast episodes um because uh, our guest had said a, a dirty wordy and uh, I was trying to just do it on that one episode so people knew. 
now it looks like I'm gonna have to do it on this episode as well because Ross is, is suggesting we all watch Deadpool. Mm. Come on, Ross. I did not say dirty words, and I said it is <laughs> not. It is not officially endorsed. It is not official. I do. I like the so. Deadpool movies. The two, you know, they're of course they're not for uh like it, it's one of those movies where I wouldn't recommend it to Emily. You know? Oh no, like, absolutely Emily, yeah, not. Like, Emily, don't go see Deadpool. Wait, why? You know? You're like You're our little sister, cringe. and so we don't want yeah, you to go see sister. that kind of movie. And so Thanks, and we don't want you know, cringing through the whole thing. Oh, like, we don't want you to see that kind of movie. See, so. you guys send me Oreos, and you tell me not to go to certain <laughs> movies. I, yeah. I feel you looking out for me. It's great. It's, it's not age-appropriate. It's just not. <laughs> hey, my you'll birthday's understand, in You'll understand weeks. when you're older. Wait, I your birthday. Wait, wait. When, when, how old will you be this year? When's your birthday? First May 4th. May 4th. May 4th. with you. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Except for I'm not a Star Wars fan. Ah, okay. Why would you have to go and ruin it? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, but I'll be 27. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm old. I know. I, oh, I'm old. Yeah. Says. <laughs> I'm old. Ross is over there like. I'm like eight years older than you, Emily. Wait, so how old are you? I am 35. No, you're not. I am. What? I can always remember Ross's age because he's 10 years older than I am. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my That's goodness. I always remember Ross's My age. sister is 10 years older than I am. So there you go. Wow. That's now I'm cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys my favorite superhero. It's Captain America. Yes. Um, I love Captain America. Uh I would watch Captain America, you know, paint a wall. That's that's how much yeah. I like Captain America. <laughs> um big fan of, you know, the US. Uh I don't really have any concrete reasons why I'm a fan of this person other than he says some pretty awesome things sometimes. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh if you want to join in on that conversation, you can go to Creative Talks on Facebook. That's CRTV Talks. On that note, we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up. There are a few great ways that you can share your appreciation for the Creative Church podcast. First, subscribe and add us to your favorite podcatcher. We also release all of our episodes on our website at creativechurch.com. And you can review this podcast and show some rating star love on iTunes so we can get more exposure and more people will find us and learn how Emily is going to make an Oreo dispenser when she runs the Boston Marathon. You're running mile 30. You're over there. You lean 26, over. No, no, 26. 26. Okay, mile mile 20. You lean over, Oreo falls in your hand. You just pop that in your mouth. You keep going. Oh, keep that going. would be a dream. Okay, real quick, though, you know, professional Oreo uh, user here. Um, Do you do, like, one Oreo, like a single Oreo, or do you, like, get a cup of Oreo minis to down while you're running? Well, okay, the minis would probably be easier, but I just like the normal ones better. All Maybe, right, okay, well, while I'm running minis, because it's just easier. Right, because you could just get that in the cup. Yeah. And just, you know, but you oh. don't have the flavor choices with the minis. That's, that's, true. that's true. Now, they do that's have true. them dipped in chocolate now. Or, okay, at the drink stations, they just hand me mini cups of, like, Oreo milkshakes instead of, like, water. Mm. Mm. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That... Or just Oreos soaked in water so they go down easier i'm That's not disgusting. like a professional eating no. hot dog eating thing where they dip the bun in the water <laughs> to help it go down easier is same thing with oreos i'm on a level with you guys right now i think we're creating an all-new kind of race the oreo <laughs> yeah. the oreo marathon I love it. the oreo half yes. i'm just yes. saying oreo get on this sponsorship yes. now each each quarter mile you get another oreo treat Perfect. And that's and you got to eat it all and finish the race in a timely manner. I'd I'd be the first person to sign up for that race. It's a 13 kilometer run. Okay, last two days because that's how long it will take. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, special thanks to Austin for joining us today. Um, you can check out all that she is doing by heading over to our podcast episode page on creativechurch.com. Also, thanks to Visual Media Church for sponsoring today's show. Do us a big favor and go check them out and snag that 20 percent discount. When you use offer code creative church, that's one word, all caps, C R T V church. 
In the meantime, I'm Nick Gunner. I'm Ross in Space Montgomery. <laughs> and I'm Emily Cummins. And we will see you next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Creative Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church. Also, don't forget to check out all the other podcasts we have to offer on the Creative Church Podcast Network. Creative Church.